Hey, girlfriends. Welcome to Married and Having Fun. I'm Kathy. I'm 46. I have four children and have been married for 25 years. Woo! I'm Jacynthia, 34, married for six years with three awesome little kiddos. We've been friends for 11 years. On this show, we're talking all things marriage and everything in between. If you know what I mean. Pull up a chair, sit back and relax. This is Married and Having Fun. Hello, girlfriends. It's Jacynthia here. Now, you all know that I love meeting new women and making new friends and talking about any and everything that has to do with mindset. I have met a new friend. Her name is Ro Thomas. She's an attorney and a mindset strategist and a personal finance coach. Ro, I love talking to her. She will elevate your thinking in the money department. She has a wonderful podcast called Wealthy-esque. Sit back and enjoy our conversation on money. Welcome to the show, Ro Thomas. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. I am so glad you are here. I just want to say like, I, so I heard you on another podcast and I was like, oh, I love, I just love what she's doing, everything she's saying. And then I found you on Instagram and I have never had someone send me like a voice message after you befriend them. And I was like, that is so sweet. I like her so much. Oh, you're so kind. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Like for reaching out and just being willing to come have conversation with us on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I need to know what time zone you're in. <laughs> Where are you? I'm Eastern time. I'm in Atlanta. Oh, okay. I because you kept using the Eastern time, and I said, "Oh, ew, are she in a different time zone?" And she's being kind and using my time zone, but great. Yeah, no, I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page because I've not used the time zone before, and the yeah. person was in a different time zone, and I just assumed they were my time zone, and so things just got all messed up. So I just say Eastern time, regardless who I'm talking to, so that everyone is on the same page about what time we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, today we're talking about money and, um, I think like, okay, so for me, well, not for me, cause I'm like, I don't care, but, um, marriage and money are like two really touchy subjects for people. Like sometimes you start hearing crickets in the room when people, when you're talking about money, <laughs> So, um, I just, um, shout out to Miss Patrice Washington. Um, I love what she's doing on that, sh on her show and just really changing the money mindset and like making people whole in all areas so that you can, um, be a boss in the money area. That's where I encountered you, but I, I loved just your mindset. And so, um, think that we often think that money is a problem for people who don't have much money or, um, I love that you and your husband, like I, I well here, I'm not going to tell the story. You tell the story. <laughs> so how did you and your husband meet? Let's start there. 
So my husband and I met in college, actually. Well, taking it back a little bit, we met the summer before college. That's when, you know, Facebook started kind of blowing up. And there was a group for incoming students for our college. And so we connected on there, not like on a romantic tip or anything like that, just as two people who are about to start this college. Um, but we started dating freshman year. And here we are, Whoa, like 13 so awesome. years later. <laughs> yeah. And so um, you went into the law profession. Yes. And then your husband became a doctor. Yes. Okay. So, um, gosh, that's some extra schooling there. So y'all made it through all that. Yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) And part of that time was uh, long distance because I went to law school in Alabama and he went to med school here in Atlanta. We went to college here in Atlanta. So we were about three hours apart for three years during that time. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So, um, so you dated for what? That's almost thirteen years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then when you got married, like, do, did you guys have similar backgrounds? Like, how did you come together with uh, your money mindset? So yeah, we did have similar backgrounds. We both grew up in single parent households. Like, didn't have a whole lot growing up, um, and then starting in these professions where we're coming in making six figures and it was like oh yeah. wow um, when we got married I was a first year at my firm and he was still in medical school he was in his last year of medical school and we actually combined our finances before we got married we combined them like during the engagement and we started having some of those like tensions with money during that time because you've got two people who had previously been managing their money separately coming together and there were some things that we did differently and some things that we valued differently and that kind of thing so that led to a little bit of tension at first yeah that was definitely my marriage the first year it was like why are you spending this what are we doing it was just a lot um let's talk about like coming out the gate and making six figures. Um, I know for me, like as soon as my money level rose, the first thing I wanted to do is like solve everybody's problems. I was like, oh yeah, I'll pay for this. I'll get this. I'll buy, I'll do that baby shower for you. Like it was just so much like I had never, I had never seen that type of money growing up. And then like my grandmother who, um, did a lot of my raising she was such a saver and so I, I mean I would see her buy cars but then it was just like I she never really purchased other things and like so she just had money in the bank um what was that experience like for you guys just like you know coming from nothing and then like oh all of a sudden you're making six figures yeah, it was interesting for sure, especially to go from like, you know, having nothing, as you said, in school even to all of a sudden making six figures. But we also realized very quickly that six figures was not as much money as we thought it was. <laughs> so it's really not like it goes so fast. 
<laughs> but at the same time, you couldn't tell us that we didn't make it, right? Like we had six figures and we had our, you know, nice little apartment and we were doing all the date nights, like weekly date nights at all the hottest restaurants and, you know, all of that. And we did like our first, um, well, our honeymoon, we went to St. Lucia and then our first anniversary, we went to Paris and we went to London, you know, doing all wow. the things, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we were not paying attention to that debt, the student loan debt that we had accrued to get to that point. And, you know, we were paying the minimums on it, but we just weren't paying attention to the balance. We weren't paying attention to how much the minimum was really decreasing the balances and that type of thing. And so we're bopping along, you know, just paying our minimums and not making any progress at all, but not realizing it. Mm. I think that is where a lot of Americans are right now, just um, not really realizing the, just what debt does. Um, my husband and I, we started the process of paying off debt and then like, you know, <clears throat> that American mindset, it really will get to you because there was a time where we had everything paid off and, and it felt so good. And then all of a sudden, we're like, oh, well, we could just put this one thing on the credit card. And then it just like snowballs again. So now we're we're working on it and getting out of debt again. Um, so when I hear these conversations, it's just so motivational. What was the turning point for you and your husband to that made you realize, okay, we got to change something here? It was when we had our first kid. And I, at the time, was a junior associate. I was a third year when I had him. And, you know, that first two years, I was putting in all the hours, like our minimum hours requirement was 1900. I was easily doing 2000, 2100, you know, that kind of thing, because I wanted to be a lawyer since I was seven. So it really is a dream come true to be in the position that I'm in. Um, But I quickly realized as I was preparing to head back to work after my maternity leave that I didn't want to have that kind of schedule with my kids. Like I always envision myself being a very present mom and, you know, being at all the things and that kind of thing. And I couldn't do that and be with my child the way that I wanted to billing 2000, 2100 hours. And so we were like, okay, well, we have this idea of the type of parents that we want to be like in raising our kids and our schedules aren't really conducive to that. Cause when we had our first kid, my husband was a resident. So he was always gone. He had his call shifts at the hospital and that type of thing. And so we saw like, okay, we don't like the way that these schedules are going. Can we make a change here? And we looked at our finances and it was like, nope, we can't because we had. <laughs> When we looked at the finances, we found that we were over $670,000 in debt with a negative $342,000 net worth. Ooh. So yeah, that reaction that you had, that was me times like 20. (laughs) So um, do share about the negative net worth, because I think a lot of people don't really look at that and they, um, they just look at the debt. So share what that means, negative net worth. So I would argue that your net worth is your most important financial number. Like we get so wrapped up in, oh, I got to have the, you know, 800 credit score. I got to do this with my credit score. Your credit score doesn't mean anything. I had negative $342,000 net worth with an 800 credit score. So what is my credit score doing? Yeah. Right? 
your net worth is how much you own. So all of your assets, your bank accounts, your investment accounts, your retirement accounts, your, uh, the value of your house, all of that, like anything that you have that has value and then subtract out how much you owe. So all of your debts, student loans, your mortgage, your personal loans, your car loans, and that number will give you the amount of money that you actually have, like the the net worth is how much you actually have. And so in our case, we could take everything that we had, put it on our debt and still owe another $342,000. Wow. So okay. that is why your net worth is very important. All right. I'm going to count out my net worth today. <laughs> Do it. It was eye-opening for us because you would think, right, especially coming from, you know, zero to six figures, like, I just knew we were going to have, you know, great net worth or whatever. Like, when I saw that, it was just shock, right, because I make good money. How am I so broke? I don't understand. And then on top of that, we were doing all of the things that, you know, the financial people tell you to do, like, you know, we paid off our credit cards in full. We were saving a little bit, maybe 20% or so. Um, We were making sure that all of our bills were paid, right? We were maxing out our 401ks even. So we were doing all the things that you're supposed to do, but we weren't paying attention to the specifics. We weren't paying attention to where, okay, so our debt is here and we're paying this much on it, but it's moving this much, Right. Like it's moving so much less than what we're paying because of that interest. And so when you're not paying attention to your net worth, you think that you're all good because you're doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you actually look at things, you're not in as great a position as you think you are. Or maybe you are. We weren't in as great a position as we thought we were. But maybe some other people are. Ooh. Okay. So, all right. Now, what was... So what plan did you say? Like, okay, you, you found this out and what was the direction that you went in to start changing things? So we started researching like how to pay off debt, that type of thing. And I had already come across some of those things um, before, because like I said, I was into personal finance. So I knew all the things that we were supposed to do. Um, but we also came across people who were like retiring in five years. So not only were they paying off their debts, they were investing and retiring very early. And we weren't interested in that piece necessarily, but the idea that we could be independent of our incomes would give us that freedom that we were looking for to raise our kids the way that we wanted to, being more present and that type of thing. So we uh, made our plan, we laid out all of our debts, and we used the debt snowball method, which is listing your debts from smallest to largest and paying them off in that order, regardless of the interest rates. And so doing that gives you so much momentum because you're able to knock off debts quickly. And so you feel like, oh man, this can work. Because another thing, a lot of the reason why people are struggling to pay off their debt is because of the way that they think about it, right? So if you're thinking, you know, oh, my debt is so overwhelming, then you have this feeling that it's hopeless, you know, that you're overwhelmed. And so then you don't take action to do it. And I talk, I like mindset work and I talk a lot about that. So your thoughts create your feelings, which drive your actions, which drive your results. And then your results reinforce the thoughts and beliefs that you have. So if your thought is this debt is so overwhelming and then you feel hopeless, then your action is not doing anything about it. 
So then your result is you're not making progress, which reinforces that thought that the debt is overwhelming. That's so true. We, we spent the whole month of um, October just really talking about mindset and different, different avenues of, of, and facets of who we are as women and how that spills over into everything. And so I don't, I think sometimes we forget um, most of our problems could be solved with our mindset. Um, and money and debt is actually, it's, it's one of those top things that mindset can handle. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. You have me sitting here thinking, rethinking like my whole life. (laughs) Um, and so how long have you and your husband been married? Actually, we've been married coming up on six years. Six, six years, years in February. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I feel like we're around the same age too. Yeah. Um, we've been married for six years. We've uh, really enjoyed the journey. It's been fun. Same. same. It's been a journey indeed. It has been a journey. Yeah, yeah it has. I know. Um, so I, I, the last area that I really wanted to um, kind of tap in on is just really um, – the black community and our thoughts with money and um, just all the things like sometimes I know for me um, and I don't know if it's this way for everyone, but money was just never a thing that was talked about. And then um, when I had it, I felt like I needed to show it off or, you know, prove that I had it. And, um, and I think that in our, in our culture, we don't really talk about the behind the scenes things that need to go on with money. We're just, um, we kind of make up our own conclusions with it. So, um, what are your thoughts on that? I 100% agree. I think that our culture is very much about, you know, you keep your business to yourself. You don't talk about what goes on outside of your house, you know, that type of thing. And so we are reluctant to have those conversations about money. And I think a lot of it stems from the history of our country. You know, like my mom was born during the Jim Crow era, you know, as was my husband's mom. So that was a time when we weren't allowed to have things, you know, like it was, it was a time when our people were oppressed. And so we didn't have that same education that our counterparts had. And so then, you know, our parents are just kind of figuring it out, doing, you know, the best that they can. And then they come in and they're telling us that, well, you mind your business, you keep your business to yourself, you know, and we don't talk about the money. So then we don't get the education. The good thing, though, about our generation and the times that we're living in now is that we've got the Internet. We've got so many people who are sharing their stories. We've got podcasts like this one, right, where we can hear from other people and make money less of a taboo topic. Right. We can talk about it because it's hard to learn if you don't talk about it, if no one talks about it. And so just kind of demystifying it and making it not this scary, you know, thing that just nobody talks about and winging it, I think is so key. But I think your, uh, your experience is not uncommon, right? Like a lot of us get the money and feel like we have to show it off. You have to show that you've made it. And I think a lot of times we don't build wealth because we're so busy trying to look wealthy. 
right? If I'm buying all of the, you know, big expensive things to show that I'm wealthy, then you end up with no money, no wealth. (laughs) You said, um, if you are living paycheck to paycheck and you explain what that actually is. Oh, yes. Yeah. Could you um, just share that for this audience? And because when you said that, that kind of hit me like, oh, yeah, like a lot of us might be living paycheck to paycheck and we don't even know it. Yes. I think the way that we typically think about paycheck to paycheck, it's, you know, the people who have run out of money and, you know, it's they haven't gotten paid yet and they're waiting, don't have any money to spend until, you know, next week or the end of the week when they get paid. But a lot of people who aren't in such a precarious situation are also living paycheck to paycheck because we're spending next month's money on this month's bills. And so when you are spending all of the money that you have this month, right before the month is over, but you've got that replenishment coming in with the next paycheck, then you don't realize it. And so we've got to pay attention to what money have I brought in this month? What are this month's bills and allocate that? And I recommend the zero-based budget That's where you take all of the money that you bring in for the month, and this is before the month begins, right? All of the money that you bring in before the month or for that month and all of the expenses that you expect to have, and you can allocate it out that way. And that way, as you're going through the month, you can make sure that you are not overspending. You're not spending beyond the money that you plan to bring in that month. And then you reconcile it. I think when you're first starting, you can do it each week so that it doesn't get overwhelming. But as you get more of a feel for your budget and your spending habits, then you can reconcile at the end of the month and look at how much money you actually brought in and readjust if need be. Um, One of the categories that I recommend is a miscellaneous category because things always come up. So just put some money in there so that you're not spending everything on, you know, the bills, the needs, the wants that you have, but, you know, sometimes those surprises come up. So have your miscellaneous category so that if something comes up, then you've got that money set aside. But if nothing comes up, then you can reallocate that money to whatever you want to for that month. So for us, it would be an extra debt payment. Uh, It could be savings. It could be spending if you wanted to. But you just want to have a plan and be in control of your money, telling your money what to do instead of wondering what happened at the end of the month. Yes, I... That miscellaneous uh, category is something that we definitely have to do because my husband drops bombs on me like every other week, like, oh, yeah, I'm going golfing or, yeah, I'm doing this or, oh, I I needed to give so-and-so this money. Like, I'm like, so it can be very frustrating, like when you're starting out on the budget and like there, I mean, you really get it wrong the I would say the first three to five times it's like you're making errors you're getting it wrong and then you finally get a little groove and um and then of course something new pops up so it's it's a journey um (laughs) it takes uh work and dedication for sure but um I think it goes back to what you said the mindset I completely agree and you saying that actually reminded me of something Um, that I tell my clients who are married, and if I may share, um, I recommend that couples who are sharing their finances have 
a separate line item, separate account, whatever you want to call it for that kind of personal spending that you're saying that your husband does, because that tends to be the source of tension in marriage. It's not like, oh, you spent so much on the groceries. It's like, why did you buy that purse? Why did you buy that? You know, whatever. Why did you spend that going to this thing? And so having that separate, like no questions asked money, my husband and I actually put it in separate accounts. So it comes out of our joint account. Some goes into his personal checking account. Some goes into my personal checking account. And that's where I spend from, you know, things that aren't essential. It's just, you know, things that are nice to have, but doesn't really, you know, it doesn't matter to us as a couple. I put it there. And that way you're not having any sort of judgment about the things that I've bought and vice versa. And that has cut down on a lot of the disagreements about money. That's um, a really great idea because we, I, we, I, we normally allocate, you know, spending money for each other but usually like if I my husband's not good with cash so I, like I'll take his out and give it to him and he'll put it somewhere forget he has it and then he's like using the card anyway and then like, <laughs> I'm like but I love the idea of just putting it into that separate account and so then you have that card and you're like this is my spending money and I'm gonna you know I'm using it for whatever I want um yeah we had to learn that a long time ago to just give each other the money to buy whatever you want because we don't need to have that, you know, conversation argument for nothing. So, yeah, I I love that advice. So um, talking about clients, um, so right now your work predominantly is with lawyers. Is that correct? That is correct. I work with... I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. So yes, I work with um, women lawyers mostly on their finances and we do coaching on, you know, either getting out of debt, it could be uh, creating a spending plan, it could be um, crafting your plan towards financial independence, whatever it is. And that has been a lot of fun, um, especially seeing the the eye-opening, you know, moments, if that makes sense, like when I show you how you could be putting this extra, you know, however many thousands of dollars towards your debt. And it's like, oh, like people don't (laughs) realize how we're spending our money when you're not paying attention to it. Right. Like one client, we found her like four thousand dollars in her budget. (laughs) And so she was you know, feeling like she wasn't able to pay off her student loans. And it's like, well if we figure out where this $4,000 is going, because here's all of your your bills. Yeah. What's up with this over here? It's a beautiful thing when you have somebody come in and look at something with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, because we do, we get stuck where we are and, you know, with our habits and how we're spending our money. And so, um, so girlfriends, if you know a lawyer, you need to send her this podcast and connect her with Ro. I'm definitely going to be putting your um, links to get in touch with you in the show notes. Um, I am just so excited to have a new friend and to bring this conversation to everybody. Um, thank you so, so much. Um, do thank you, you again. Have- Do you have a quote that you love? We usually end with a quote and a prayer. Um, Do you have a quote that you just love to live by or something that comes to your mind? Quote that I love to live by. 
about if you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. It's Henry Ford. Yes. That is so true. I love that. It's a simple quote, and I love that. Yeah, we forget about that. Whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Um, Would you like to pray for our listeners? Sure. All right. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for our time together here to fellowship, to talk about this topic, and to uplift each other in our financial pursuits. Lord, I pray that you cover everyone under the sound of my voice. Help us to live according to your word. Help us to get our finances in order so that we can do your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ro. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. If you liked today's episode, hit the like and subscribe button. You can find us on Instagram at Married and Having Fun. We'll be sharing cute photos of our husbands and all the things about marriage. Till next time, keep having fun.